0: welcome everybody to the moose room it is currently the gruesome twosome but i believe bradley will be here eventually uh so hopefully he will drop in so we don't have to be a true crime podcast once again But in the meantime, me and Dr. Joe are here, gruesome twosome. (laughs) All right. And I'm, of course, really excited about this week's episode because it is a really big week for me, kind of personally and professionally. It's National Farm Safety and Health Week. So I'm sure you're used to it by now. This is our third National Farm Safety and Health Week that we are celebrating together as the Moose Room, which is exciting and also kind of scary uh, that we've been doing this this long. If you're not familiar, National Farm Safety and Health Week is um, a week that is held typically around this time in September, kind of just before harvest. And it's really meant to nationally shine a spotlight on farm safety and health in light of harvest, and and of course, everything else that goes on. Now, you know me, I'm a big proponent of like farm safety is year round. It's not just a planting and harvest issue. But I think it's really important because we know harvesting is one of the most dangerous times of the year on the farm. And so this is a really well placed time to be talking about these things. We're here once again, talking about farm safety. It's another episode of the Emily Show. Joe, are you excited?
1: I'm super excited, super excited. I know I think that this is this is one of those topics that for a lot of people, it is tough to get excited about, but I think when you start looking at all the things that it encompasses, you know, when we talk farm safety, there's a bunch of things that come to mind right away, um, and then when we have incorporated health into this week, I think that's that's a huge development, and there's a lot more to talk about. And of course, this is farm safety and health. So it doesn't have to be just about cows. There's all sorts of things involved in this, whether it's roadway safety, confined spaces, mental health itself. Of course, you know, PTOs, four-wheelers, kids on the farm. There's so much things to talk about. And it really is important, especially if you have kids and employees around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great lead-in for what we're gonna talk about a little bit today. and. I do believe we've brushed on this topic in previous episodes, but we've never had a full episode where we dived into it. I feel like I'm going to kind of say, say what we're talking about. And you might think, huh, but hopefully it starts to click. We're going to talk about creating a culture of safety on the farm and just what a culture of safety means. Now, you know, if we put it up at a broadest sense, you know, the world the word culture really refers to a group of people and the standard norms and values and beliefs that they hold, right? So cultures kind of go across all different sorts of groups of people and subgroups of people and all of that. In this case, we're talking about the culture of your farm. And more specifically, is it a culture that encourages safety? To kind of frame this up a little more, thinking about the culture of places, right? And you may be Here at, you know, workplace culture, that kind of thing. So again, what is important to the farm? What are the values and and the shared beliefs that everyone can kind of agree to? And what are the communal goals that everyone is working towards? You may say, oh, my farm doesn't have a culture. It does. It has a culture. And now may be a good time to take a step back and really think about what that culture is and how you might want that culture to change or remain and how you can work with the other people on your farm to do that.
1: One of the things that that I think is really important to to point out is that, especially if there's someone listening who isn't a farmer, when we talk about farm safety, I think everyone jumps right to fatal accidents, which mm-hmm. happen and they happen way too often. And we're always trying to reduce that. But we're also talking about non-fatal injuries here. Things that are very, very serious, but things that are just, you know, that nagging injury that sticks around and doesn't cause you to lose time in your week or in your work day very much, but makes your work so much worse because you're dealing with it. From some of the stuff that Emily has shared with me and and, and reading that, the fact that those non-fatal injuries occur to such a huge proportion of the farming community every year is is crazy. I mean, we're talking a third of the farmers out there suffer some kind of injury every year. That's a huge number.
0: I'm glad you brought that up, Joe, that that is a lot. And I think, you know, when you think more critically about farming, it's kind of easy to see how, how a number that high is possible. But of course, for somebody like me, I don't want to see a number that high, you know, a third, that's a lot. 33% is a lot of anything Um, and especially a lot of accidents and, yeah, you know, we talk about lost time accidents and and no lost time. And, you know, i I'm sure everybody listening right now is is thinking of their own no lost time injuries that they've had. And I mean, I have been there. I have closed my foot in a gate, and I have, you know, I've made all sorts of mistakes and and sustained a few injuries along the way. But it's really important that, especially those no lost time accidents, we need to be learning from them, right? If this accident happened to you, was it something that can be changed, something that can be engineered, a, a structure? You know, what, what's the likelihood somebody else might get hurt on that same thing too, right? And yeah, it's not a big injury. Maybe nobody has to go to the hospital or there's not a big, um, you know, gash in your arm with blood coming out of it. But it's still important that we use these experiences to inform what we're gonna do moving forward. Um, And that is part of the culture piece, too, of this continuous feedback loop of, you know, everybody on the farm playing this role and saying, hey, you know, I I had a little slip up here. This happened. I think this was the cause. Can we try to fix that? Um, You know, again, if it's a faulty gate or or something else like that that can be fixed. Or if it's, you know, a, a hazardous area that needs to be blocked off or marked more properly, anything like that. Again, those are little things that you do, things that kind of happen in the background is is what I think about a lot with culture too, especially in terms of safety. The best time to enact safety on your farm is before you have an accident, not after. Because I, I want to save you from having the accident part. We're familiar with my story. And I always say, I don't want anybody to ever get the phone call that that I got saying my brother lost his arm. And part of the way that we can prevent those phone calls from happening is by doing these things around our farm. And, you know, I'm really curious, Joe and Bradley, if he ever shows up, I plan to ask him this as well. But you, like me, have been on many, many farms. And I am just curious if you have some examples you want to share of things you have seen or, you know, behaviors you've noticed in farmers that have kind of made you go, yeah, I think safety is really important to this farm and, and they show it in this way, you know, and and hopefully, you know, we hear about just again, like I said, the little things, the background things that are happening. So we'll kind of go through some of the best and some of the worst here, but let's start with the best. Let's start on a high note.
1: Yeah, I think my favorite, uh, there's several farms that come to mind right away. And a lot of times I would have meetings with them that were scheduled, but they would be more of an informal conversation just to check in. So I would show up and. Most of the time, if there wasn't anything real serious to talk about, we would do those meetings, either walking or doing something else at the same time. And a couple of the farms that I had those meetings on, were talking and having our, our, our meeting in quotes while that farmer is fixing something. And most of these things that we're fixing is, you know, it, it, it's feedback from employees. Employees have said, hey, this isn't right. It's making my job more difficult or unsafe. And that the farmer's listening. And I think it's one of the the biggest ways that you can make employees feel heard is to say when they bring something to you and, and you and you create that culture where they feel comfortable bringing you something and then you get on it right away. You promptly solve the issue or talk about it, or figure out a way to to get a solution worked out to make that uh, situation safer. And I think that's the the biggest thing that I've seen. And the most successful farms that I've seen have that culture right away, where someone points something out, and then it's not something just kind of lags behind and sits there and continues to be an issue, and everyone's just aware of it. It gets fixed, and there's a real solution found in a quick and a prompt time frame.
0: Yeah, that's a really good one, and that is so important, Joe. You know, just yeah, creating this environment where everyone feels like they can voice their concerns, and there is somebody who who wants to address that concern, right? And I think it's also such a great opportunity for, you know, the farmer or whoever's in charge, you know, to say, hey, thanks for pointing that out to me. You know, I'll take a look at it. Do you have any solutions you've thought of? Or, you know, do you have any ideas of how we can fix this? Just to really, again, make it feel like it's a true team effort and not just, oh, this is a problem, someone will fix it. You know, like, we're all in this together. We're going to make this work together and find what's going to be the safest. One of my favorite examples of a culture of farm safety. And I know that I have said it on this podcast before because we did a silage harvesting safety episode a while ago. I'll say it that way. Um, And I know I told the story there too, but I love to tell it again. Um, A dairy farm. I know that I've, I've worked with for many, many years and when they are packing their silage bunkers, every single person in the vicinity of the farm is wearing a safety vest and a pair of safety glasses. And that is something they are very, very strict about. Basically, as soon as you get out of your car, you're you're in your safety gear. And I just remember talking to the farmer a little bit more about that. and And she just said, well, you know, this is something we're in a time crunch and there's a ton of moving pieces. And she's like, Not everybody can do their jobs singly at one time. They have to be happening simultaneously. She's like, and so this way, we just know that people can see each other. And of course, the eye protection is really nice because we know silage when it flies, it will always fly directly into your eyes. That is what I have learned in, in my 30 plus years on this earth. If you are around silage and it's blowing, it will find its way into your eye. So glasses are great for that too, can prevent infection, scratching, all of that. And I just found that to be such a simple way, like just some PPE and, you know, as, as PPE and safety things go, goggles and vests, really, really affordable, you know, and, and you can buy them in bulk and have it so everybody on your farm has their own vest, you know, they can put their name on it, they have a little ownership over it, um, you know, things like that, that just help with the buy-in and, and especially when it is something that everyone is doing. Um, Before we started recording today, Joe and I were talking a lot about setting an example and, you know, that is for, you know, managers, farm owners, that is for parents, um, that is for everyone. And I think that the safety vest thing too, is a really great example of of how you lead by example, because the farmers, I mean, they were the first ones to have theirs on when when they started doing that and said, hey guys, this is what we're gonna start doing now. And then they are marshaling to make sure people have them on and now it's not an issue at all. And everyone just knows, yep, when we're doing, uh, you know, bunker packing, we're in our vest and we're in our glasses. And that's that's how we're doing it because the the yard is busy and we don't want anyone getting hit and they've never had an accident. You know, we can't say for sure that it's strictly because of that, but it's it's very, very much a factor in in why they've been able to to not have any accidents. That's an example for me that I really like quite a bit.
1: And that that's the big thing is the setting example thing. There's been several times where I am either on farm or I'm with some of my former employees and I watch them do something, you know, and you sit there and you're like, wow, that was really unsafe. I wonder why they chose to do it that way and then you think you're like oh yeah they were with me last week and I did that same thing so they're really just doing exactly what I did that really hits you um when you start to see that that repeated over and over again you're like you really got to be careful what do you do um and how you set that example because it is going to set the tone and I you know I'm totally guilty of it of setting the wrong example and then seeing it carried out by employees and people working with me so i uh yeah i think that's one to to really watch the other one that i i think that happens a lot uh and and that i see on farms a lot is people just shrugging off close calls and i think that happens all the time and you just yes yeah you just shrug oh. it off and you don't debrief it you just Ha ha, laugh. That was, I almost died. That was funny. And then you just move on. And uh, that happens all the time when you're working with bulls or cows or, and really what should happen is everyone should stop once they're safe and in a, in a good spot. And, and briefly, it doesn't have to be for like a half hour meeting. It can be 30 seconds to a minute and say, hey, how did you get in that bad spot? Why was it a close call? What could we have done different? Is there something that needs to change before we move on? That can save a lot of strife and and because you really, you know, it's a close call and next time you might, it might not be a close call. It, it might actually happen. Mm-hmm. So farmers, because they're in a rush and veterinarians, everyone who's working in agriculture, because they're in a rush, they tend to shrug those close calls off instead of debriefing them.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point, Joe. And I I do have one question I want to add to your list of questions. And I'm going to jump this one up and say it should be the first question you ask which is, are you okay? Uh, A a connection here that I was just seeing as Joe was talking was to that mental health piece, right? And I have had close calls um, and, and I won't get into details, but basically I was a child and I am lucky I did not break my neck. And so when people have those close calls, that can also be very scary and and can absolutely, you know, raise their stress hormones and put them on edge, maybe make them feel paranoid. So it's really important, too, that you are doing that debrief so that you can hopefully calm some of their nerves and, and worry about what happened. You know, we've all been there where we're kind of scared straight. Right. And so I think that it's such a great opportunity to also help create a strong morale on your farm as well. That like, hey, you know, we take accidents seriously, but we take them seriously because we care about you. Not because we're worried about, you know, workman, workman's comp or lost time or, you know, whatever it might be. The, the main concern is for the people. I always say that people are the number one asset on the farm, it's not your land, it's not your equipment, it's not your buildings, it's not your cows. It's you and it's your people.
1: Well, and that can be a good thing too, to debrief and and point out, okay, we, we work in a dangerous field and sometimes close calls are going to happen. And the reason that they're a close call and you're not hurt is because you did something right. So you can really walk through that too and say, okay, what allowed you to get out of that unsafe situation quickly? Was it because you had some forethought to do a couple different things and set things up and make a plan ahead of time? If yes, then you're, everything's going well. But it's a good reminder for everybody else. Hey, I got out of this situation that bull didn't kill me because I chose to unlock this gate ahead of time. So I had an escape route. Great. Okay. So like the the situation itself may have been unavoidable, but it was a close call and you're not dead because you had some forethought. And so that's, I guess, a good reminder for everybody as well.
0: Yeah. And I think that kind of gets at another point I wanted to make, Joe, which is, having a culture of safety is not just about calling out bad actors or calling out when things are wrong. It's also about highlighting when things are going well. So yeah, if, if there is a near miss, but you know, there was something that someone did that was really smart that saved them from an accident, highlight that, you know, tell them good job, reinforce that they did the right thing and and we can maybe learn a few more things on how to be a little better next time. That's really important, too. It might sound a little silly, but, you know, people want to be praised. People want to know that they're doing a good job, that they've done something correctly. And that also can go a long way in in boosting morale as well. And again, reinforces that this is important to you. It's not just important when it's a problem. It's important when it's good too, when it's working, when you can highlight how good it is.
1: I think one well, of the other good things I see on farms all the time is that people pointing out and 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 recognizing that good behavior or or looking at two different choices, right? And the one that comes to mind for whatever reason is coming to mind right now is a bud box. If you're working a bud box on a beef farm, sometimes it can be a little tight to work inside the bud box, but it's faster because you don't have to work go out another gate and work outside the bud box. But, you know, I've been in several situations where, you know, someone voices that, an owner of the farm says, hey, just work outside the bud box. If it takes you an extra 30 seconds or a minute to get each group in, that doesn't bother me. I'd rather you worked outside the bud box. Someone being vocal in a position of authority saying, hey, I'd rather you did it this way. And I recognize it's gonna take more time, but, voicing the fact that you're prioritizing safety over time is a huge piece, especially in agriculture, because we're all in a rush, like you said, silage, everything else, you're always on a time crunch. So being able to say, hey, I value your safety over the time it's going to take is definitely something that that I think should happen more often. And you can point out the good stuff too. Like you said, if someone's already working the outside of the bud box, say, thanks for working outside the bud box. I really appreciate that you're being safe about it. Whatever it is, I think that Someone towards the top needs to be able to vocalize that so that everyone hears that you're prioritizing mm-hmm. safety first.
0: In that same vein, I would say you, you don't have to be a person in authority either to voice your concern. You know, that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about feedback. Everybody should feel like they can step up and say, hey, I don't think this is safe. Or you can say, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing this. Or you know, can I get a little more training on this? I just want to feel confident in what I'm doing. Um, that type of thing is is really important, I think, in in these types of situations. So yeah, I I agree that it's really important that people, you know, in authority are leading by example the most and raising concerns a lot and really showing their employees that it's important to them. But if you are an employee or a family member that works on your farm. If something doesn't make you feel safe, speak up, because if you don't, it won't change. And I think that that can be a little hard. And I know we worry about the time. We worry about people being upset, whatever it may be. But everybody needs to take the initiative to be a champion for safety, especially on the farm. I don't know any farmer, anyone that would actually be mad at somebody for raising a concern. Might they be irritated if it's going to be a project that costs money and takes time? Possibly. But I think in the end, when you really strip it down to its core, the important thing is that you are voicing your opinion and and people are hearing that and able to take your feedback and turn it into action. So Bradley has finally decided to drop in and join us. How nice of him. Hooray. This is not a true crime podcast yet. We seem to be getting closer and closer every time, but we're okay today.
2: Sorry, you know, sometimes uh, farmers come and want to learn about calves and all kinds of fun stuff, and it just goes a lot longer. And everybody knows I'm willing to share all my stuff, so it's it's good. But yeah, then I miss the podcast and miss you too. Well, thanks, Bradley.
0: I I can tell you were having a good time because you just have this like glow about you. You're very smiley right now. So exactly. It's in.
2: It. It. It's it's that's my it's my. Makes my day when I can help farmers and lots of farmers are interested in what we're doing out here. So it it makes the day go a lot better when that happens.
0: All right. Well, with that said, I'm going to put you on the spot. You dropped in in the middle of the conversation. It's time to contribute. We are talking about creating a culture of safety on your farm. And Joe and I were sharing some of the good and not so good things that we have seen on farms that maybe indicate if there's a strong culture of safety or not. And now I'm really putting you on the spot here, Bradley, since you just said you had someone out at the dairy, and I know you do get a lot of visitors. What are some of the things that you try to do when you do have visitors to, to keep the visitors safe, to keep your you know the employees and the cattle and everyone safe? What are some of your safety culture things that you have there at Morris?
2: Well, I think we we work very close with our employees to let them know if there's going to be people on site that day. So we know that, you know, if somebody's feeding cows or they're combining or running some grain boxes, you name it. So they know that, oh, there's a tour group. I should drive slower. I should be more cognizant of what's going on and kind of pay attention. So we, we're usually pretty good about communicating those ideas. We we also from a cow standpoint, you know, just let people see stuff but we don't you know like to get too close to cows you know we had some farmers we out today we were out in the pasture with the cows but you know we didn't necessarily get right in and amongst the cows uh, but we were close enough where they could see what they're doing and so we're always cognizant about safety of people around cows even though you know we've never really had an issue but i don't want to have an issue that would be really bad so we're just more cognizant of, about what's going on and and who's here and just being Better about driving vehicles, and we're probably even more on top of safety, and we try really hard at that because sometimes we have a lot of elementary school kids here and other school kids that we just don't want anything to happen. So we're really on top of our. We we try to be on top of our safety all, all the time, even though there's nobody even around. We're, you know, like I said, we have a lot of ATVs and we always wear our seatbelts on them. I know that's one thing that a lot of farms might not do. But we're always, you know, wanting people to put seatbelts on if they're in the ATV. Just that's number one safety. So we we like to be in a safe environment to not have any issues.
0: It's so important, especially if you do have a farm that does agritourism or has a lot of visitors, just being mindful that you're also creating a safe space for them. Because especially when you are bringing people who maybe don't have farm experience onto a farm, it's also new and exciting for them. But, and I, I think we know too, right? Sometimes that that excitedness covers up all of the danger, right? You, you can look at it through rose-colored glasses and it seems really great. And so, yeah, it's so important, especially if you are having school groups and, and other people out on the farm, that you're being really mindful of what practices are in place to make sure that just everything nearby is, is okay. And I think you brought up a great point, Bradley of, you know, letting, letting everybody know when people are on the farm so that they're a little more cautious, they're a little slower in the tractors and safety is usually something that takes a little extra time. The time you spend driving a little slower versus the time you spend filling out paperwork. If you run into a tour group, I know, I know which one I would pick. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Joe, do you have something you want to grill Bradley with?
1: The one thing we haven't really covered yet that I think does, it, it maybe it's not peace of mind, but it does show that you are promoting a culture of safety is having a plan for when things do go wrong, because they are going to go wrong. You can try to prevent everything as much as possible. So I guess I would guess Bradley has some kind of plans. Like I know that weather has been crazy, right? So like when high winds come through and trees are down and, calf hutches are everywhere there's probably a plan in place so that everyone's on the same page and there's not so much uh running around like a chicken with your head cut off when there's just something there so everyone can see it is that is that the case brad
2: yeah you usually there there is a plan you know it's it's always difficult we have our good intentions when something happens and then you know a lot of us are pretty good at changing on the spot but we're all kind of all hands on deck and we all work well with each other to make sure that things run smoothly, especially, you know, I think back to the storm event, uh, this past spring and, you know, it was kind of all hands-on and it was like, well, what do we need to do to get done? And you kind of go, and everybody's just pulling their weight and doing everything to help out. So it's even though you, you, we have a plan, we, we know how to implement it. Uh, but the good thing is that everybody's willing to chip in and, and help out to ensure that things go right.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point there, Bradley, you know, your plan should be adaptable because when you are dealing with things like weather, not predictable, when you are dealing potentially in an emergency situation with animals, they're really unpredictable. Um, so yeah, I think being able to be a bit adaptable with your plan is is really important, but it's great that you have a plan, right? People kind of know if this happens, this is where you should go. You know, this is what you should be doing. These These are kind of our priority things you know, I always tell people kind of think about two situations, one where you need to kind of hunker down and bear the elements. So snowstorm, windstorms, tornadoes, and, you know, evacuation. So evacuation, that'd be fire, possibly flood, depends where you're located. Um, You know, so what is the plan? If you need to get out, who is in charge of getting what out? Who is going where? What's happening? If you need to stay put, who's checking your, your fuel and your power. And if there's a generator that needs to be getting up and running, you know, whose job is that um, it's important to have just some of those little things in place. And then, yeah, like you said, Brad, you know, people kind of show up, it's all hands on deck, everybody's pitching in. Um, but it's helpful when you have that kind of scaffolding to, to build off of um, that kind of help, helps keep everybody on track and everyone moving forward as well.
1: So Bradley has another element that maybe some people deal with and maybe they don't and deal with maybe is a harsh term, but he's got students around all the time, both undergrad, graduate students. So I guess my biggest question is how often are you having to just say, hey, slow down, slow
2: down? Oh, yeah, it's (laughs) it's a good point, Joe. It it happens. I don't like to be mean and sometimes i perceive myself as being mean to them you know because i have to tell them to slow down on their ranger. you don't need to go 30 miles an hour on it you can slow it down and don't push the gas all the way down so it we all have to be cognizant of safety but sometimes yes they need to be retrained or just reminded that you know we have to be safe and we don't want any accidents with them and we want them to keep working here so it's uh yeah it i shouldn't say it's often, but sometimes we have to remind people about safety and I'm sure every farm does.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But for me, the important thing is that you're doing it, that you are giving those reminders, you know, and I think that's an important piece too in in a sa- in a culture of safety is, you know, you don't just let everybody run amok, right? And exactly. And part of that is, yeah, kind of when you're onboarding or have new students coming in, setting up right away, like, hey, safety is important to us here. And it's more important to us that you do something safely than you do it fast. You know, just saying things like that can really help employees, especially when they're new, kind of start right out of the gate, knowing what's expected of them and also knowing that they can make safety a priority and that that is the priority, you know, and just build all that other healthy stuff, you know, good feedback and and all of those things. Well. I I think we hit the nail on the head here. I think we're out of thoughts. I think we're out of thoughts. Bradley, thank you for your late but impactful (laughs) contributions. (laughs) All right. So I think with that, we are going to wrap it there. If you have questions, comments, or scathing rebuttals about today's episode of The Moose Room, you can email us themooseroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at U-M-N dot E-D-U. You can also call and leave us a voicemail for a chance for your question to be featured on a future episode of the Moose Room. To leave us a voicemail, simply call 612-624-3610. You can also find us on Twitter at U-M-N Moos Room and at U-M-N Farm Safety. And lastly, I just want to wish you all a very happy National Farm Safety and Health Week Hopefully you celebrate it every week of the year, but I really encourage you all to take the opportunity to have some conversations about safety this week. And just want to remind you all, as always, to slow down, think twice, and be safe. Bye! Bye!
2: Bye!